goal is to bring you your next favorite band. Thanks for having us. This is a very cool show. Yeah, so through many iterations, and it finally, yes. finally landed on the weirdest one by far. Yeah, just a couple of feelings, and uh, boom, you got a song. Yeah. I, I remember this one time. I had been writing some songs, and I and I went out. This I'm just going right in on this story. I went out, and so I was. Ah, uh, uh, the story's longer than the song itself. We'll go ahead and play it. And listen, it's going to be everybody's favorite band. Welcome to your next favorite band. That's both the show title and our promise to you. We here at Stereophilia Studio are tireless in our pursuit of finding incredible, genre-defiant artists who are either a hot, up-and-coming band or a group that has been delivering for years but have flown under the radar. Today, live from the courtyard of the Sun Inn, No Planet B Jamboree. Each month, we will bring you live streams, audio podcasts, and perhaps even a live concert where you can listen to the stories and hear the music of artists personally curated by us based on what we feel will be worthy of your time. Be sure to subscribe and tune in to each episode because the possibilities are endless and you never know who will be your next favorite band. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Philip Reese. Hello, I am David Moore. I'm the co-host. And this is... Your next favorite band. And the No Planet B Jamboree. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, we uh, just had, you know, the idea to kind of do something a little special. Something that uh, celebrates Mother Nature. We're outdoors for this. Mother Earth? Yeah. Mother Earth took care of us, too. We were uh, fearing uh, rainstorms all week and... Sunday opened up, so the universe is on our side. Yeah, so far so good. <laughs> uh, I did a lot of uh, deep meditative prayer, and so here's how we ended up. Whatever gets do- yeah. the job done, you know? Yeah. and a donation. Um, so, uh, I just think that there's a lot of connection here. Uh, there's a lot of artists we've interviewed that are passionate about the environment. Correct. And we, me personally, and I wanted to kind of give us both a moment here, um, just has been something I've been, you know, kind of passionate about since an early age, been, you know, studying, uh, you know, obviously all the, the science and the effects of things, and uh, just kind of wanted to highlight that. Uh, obviously, since this is a, a music podcast, it's going to be centered around organizations within the music industry that are doing green and environmental things. Correct. Uh, as well as artists who have music about that. So um, that was where we focused. But interspersed in here will be wherever we can. A little bit more of that act locally type thing. So, um, it, it, some of it specific to Bethlehem because that's where we are, um, but some of it also, uh, you know, just in general, some tips and, and things to consider doing uh, so that each person can do their part. Yeah, just to be a little bit more mindful sometimes mm-hmm. goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. And how about you? I know, like, we've never had like, we've had lots of deep conversations. I don't think any particular about global warming or climate change or anything sure. like that. But I know it's also a passion for you as well. Sure, of course. Um, we like this planet. We want to keep it. Yeah, well, as the name <laughs> implies, there's no planet B. 
Right. So this is the one we've got. We should take care of what we have. My parents always taught me that, right? That's right. You, you take care of the things we have. I try and live in a way that's a little bit more environmental between the cars that sure. my wife yep. and I drive, uh, the choices we make with food that we buy, yep. uh, and the way I go around. Like One of the nice parts about living where we live is we can walk here, sure. as an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then how about, uh, you know, another option here is, is where you get your power supply. Um, and so that was something that uh, I was involved in um, when I first bought my house here in Bethlehem in 2019. Uh, I took the time to kind of research where you could get your power supply that might be a little bit more renewable. Mm -hmm. um, and I came across this organization that uh, is, is I, I think, unique and special in what they do. And so when we were developing this episode, I did reach out to them. Um, and they were on board. So they actually are, are kind of like primary sponsor of today. To, they're called the Energy Co-op. Um, I wanted to just share a little bit of their kind of summary. The Energy Co-op's mission is to be the leader of today's sustainable energy evolution. Um, they're a non-profit non cooperative uh, that enables the members to buy energy as responsibly and affordably as possible, and that's something I'm going to dive into a little bit later. Um, it assists members in the use of energy sensibly and efficiently, and it educates members in the community uh, about energy. Um, they've been around since 1979. How well, that? how about that's that? Not bad. Yeah, been around since '79, um, and they will continue to meet their members' needs by seeking and supporting novel solutions to energy challenges. Because here's something: um, in 2015, uh, they became the first supplier of renewable natural gas in the area. Cool. <laughs> exactly. So they supply both. Uh, I shouldn't say both. Three things: uh, clean energy, uh, electricity, uh, clean renewable natural gas, and then also home heating oil, all in a renewable format. Um, so those are options for you to sign up for. Um, they're not like every other supplier. When you switch to the energy co-op, you become a co-op member. So this is something where you have a say, you have a right to know, and you get to vote on things on how they source their energy and how they run their organization. Um, to most uh, the energy companies, this uh, degree of transparency would be revolutionary, but to them, it's just how they do business. Impressive. Right, I agree. Um, so that's something I encourage you to do. They, uh, it's a Pennsylvania supplier. Um, but the majority of where their footprint is is Philadelphia and surroundings. So actually, Lehigh Valley is a ripe area for them to get more members. Um, but when I spoke to them, they really could do almost the entire eastern half of the state. They said all the way out to like Lock Haven um, and then up in like the full state north and south. So um, if you're listening and interested and in Pennsylvania, check out the Energy Co-op. Uh, and uh, if you're not in Pennsylvania or farther west, just search up you know, whatever energy supplier uh, that might provide fully renewable, whether it's wind or solar or a combination, um, and, uh, and then seek out how to switch to them from your energy supplier. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> it certainly does. Um, so staying global, uh, our next guest is uh, uh, from the organization Reverb.org, uh, doing amazing things in the music industry to help, uh, I guess, reduce the footprint of a tour, of a festival. Um, and then having uh, the ability to set up and inform the people attending that festival um, to know what they can do locally mm -hmm. again. Correct. So uh, we met with Paige Roth. Um, she is wonderful. She's uh, based in uh, Portland, Maine, which is also where Reverb is based. Um, but uh, we get into uh, like her backstory and we talk about um, the, the organization and again the different things that they do. So please enjoy our interview with Paige Roth, Reverb.org.
So there you have the video uh, from Reverb.org declaring a music climate revolution. And we have with us today manager of the volunteer and community uh, activities, uh, Paige Roth. Welcome to the show, Paige. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Happy almost Earth Day. Yes, that's right. Let's just call it Earth Month. This way we can yes. celebrate it uh, and care for it. Uh, well, I guess we should do it all year long, but uh, let's not make it just about one day. Let's at least make it a month here. But uh, um, uh, we are honored to have you on and uh, can't wait to hear more about yourself and the organization and uh, maybe not only what it's doing, but what can we do. Um, so let's start with you. Let's let's hear a little bit more about yourself and uh, and what brought you to Reverb once upon a time. Yes, always happy to talk about myself. Um, so yeah, I'm Paige. <laughs> I'm the manager of volunteer and community programs for Reverb. I'm coming to you from Portland, Maine, which is where Reverb is headquartered. Um, I'm a Mainer myself, having lived in a number of other places. I went to school down in Florida and bopped around Massachusetts for a while um, before coming back to Portland and beginning my work at Reverb where I've been for about 10 years now, after um, many years working in the nonprofit sector and doing events, but was so excited to discover Reverb, where sustainability and music events come together. That is so cool. That is so cool. And, um, you know, I just, I was very impressed with with anything I had read about Reverb as I was um, just kind of doing research about, always kind of had a, you know, uh, you know, uh, an affinity or a passion for Earth Day and, and just being more conscious about all of that. And then now that I had a platform, uh, I was just like, hey, let's explore doing this. And I had run into obviously uh, musicians and artists that were passionate about it. And I started asking to use some of their songs, as you've been hearing throughout the day today. Um, but also then I was like, well, let's see who's out there doing good things in the industry for this and very quickly came across Reverb.org. And so tell us, I'm going to bring up your site. And, uh, and if you don't mind, start talking through just some of the different uh, missions and activities that you all have. And, and uh, let's, let's learn a little bit about what you guys are, are, are providing. Absolutely. So Reverb.org. Yep. And is... here's the site. Oh, perfect. Yes, we go. <laughs> Reverb.org. Um, we're an environmental nonprofit based in Portland, Maine. Um, although we do work nationally and really internationally all over the world partnering right. with yeah international now <laughs> with, we were just uh, doing weren't you in part of this here where it was in new zealand or something like yes that? we just wrapped up a lord tour lord, it was, of, yeah. uh, yes of of new zealand um we're about to kick off paramore in the uk on thursday actually fantastic um, and so yeah, when you're connected with an artist how, what what is that that you're providing for them and for the places they perform Right. So we will partner with a major major music tour or a festival or even a venue and really look at what they're doing and find ways that we can reduce the impact of the tour or the event on the environment. So that is what we call backstage greening. And that can entail anything from sourcing local food for a band's caterer to providing, oh, yeah, to providing yeah. reusables or biofuels, um, all of these things. And then we also create um, environmental and social cause action and education campaigns for what we call our Action Village, which is where we bring these projects to life at an actual concert and have mm -hmm. tents and tables set up 
um, talking about the work that we're doing and highlighting causes and other environmental nonprofits and have volunteers come out and help us. Um, and then everyone gets to stay for the concert, which is a great benefit. Yeah, that's a really good point, too, because towards the end, we're definitely going to talk about, obviously, monetary donations. Um, but getting people to donate their time is just as important as if I have that right. Exactly. Yeah. Our um, our work in our Action Village is really powered by fan volunteers. Last year, we worked with 10,000 fan volunteers, again, across the world. Um, and we really can't make this happen without without these people, because Reverb is a very small nonprofit. There's only 10 of us full-time in Portland, Maine. So we can't cover that ground mm. without, you know, yeah. these great music fans coming out and putting in the work. Yeah, that is that is very cool. Um, and uh, anything, any of those particular programs you'd want to dive in further on the site here that you want me to navigate to something? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you want to check out our work, our there's work. a great That's page good. there that highlights and then tours and artists mm -hmm. um, that highlights all of the different musicians that we've worked with. Sure. Uh, Reverb's been around for almost 20 years. So when we That's were, um, yeah, it's a great, great little piece. When we were founded in 2004 by Adam Gardner, who's the guitarist for a band called Guster. Guster, right, yeah. I, I had a friend of mine uh, who actually, uh, he's a program director for a nonprofit radio station in Rochester, New York. It's WBER. Uh, his name yes. is Joey Justo, and he reached out <laughs> when he heard when he saw the poster for this event that come out. He was like, "Reverb is is Guster, and Guster's my boys." And I was like, "Okay, absolutely." Well, you, now you got to tune in. So yeah, here they are, all in the northeastern family for sure. That's um, right. So yeah, we were founded by Adam from Guster and his wife Lauren Sullivan, who's an environmentalist in her own right, um, mm -hmm. sort of bridging these two worlds between environmentalism and nonprofit work and. Sure the music industry, like really looking at the way that Adam was living out on the tour with his band and, you know, all the things we see, the single use plastic, all the trash, you know, the bad food, trucks and buses burning fossil fuel. Right. Um, and try to green right, that right, right. up. And so when we first started out, we were partnering with um, bands that Guster had relationships with. So Bare Naked Ladies, John sure. Mayer, Dave Matthews Band, Jack Johnson. And then and people like Dave Matthews and um, Adam Levine, these are people who are on the board as well. So they're not yes. just participating. Yeah. They're yes. even really putting their time in. <laughs> they are. Yeah, they're on our advisory board. Um, mm -hmm. So they, you know, they are involved in all of our campaigns, like the music climate revolution that we saw the video for um, and are really making commitments to reduce the impact of their tours on the environment and, you know, really sure. the walk, which is important to us. Yeah. We always talk about like every time you hear something, if you look into this stuff, it's like, we all have to do our part. And so we don't want to then say, okay, well you can't, you know, do a festival. You just have to figure out a way to do it where it's a lot more just, you know, sensitive to, you know, the needs of waste and renewables and, you know, on all that good stuff. So. That's exactly it. We always say, you know, we try to meet people where they are and we're not trying to stop concerts or festivals. No one mm -hmm. wants that. It's all about, uh, you know, finding ways uh, to work through these problems. And speaking to that here, I've, uh, yeah, I've pulled up the fans section here. Is there anything that you would recommend we as music lovers and festival goers do? Like, what can we do to be, uh, you know, better? Yes, yeah, so that's where all the power is, right? Um the fans, the people buying the concert tickets, buying the albums, streaming the music. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it's about infrastructure. And when you are 
um, purchasing tickets and communicating with your local venue or the festivals that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. It's so important to express to them just certain things that we can change, like rules about bringing in reusable water bottles, um, sure. you know, allowing fans to bring in an empty reusable container. Mm -hmm. Does go so far as far as um, reducing the amount of single-use plastic that's used. Yeah, or asking and we venues. Oh, so, so I was going to say on that point, our festival here, Music Fest, um, is known for its mug, uh, and and since it's forty fortieth year this year, and ever since the beginning, they've had a Music Fest mug with a new design every year and something that people Fantastic. call. Fantastic, and it's this cool thing, and it it's been something that just hit me as I was re researching this, just how much waste over the forty years that has reduced because of the reusable mug. Yes, they're way ahead of the game. That's <laughs> yeah. We love yeah. to hear that. And do and, they have water even, stations like, where people can refill the mugs just to yep. stay hydrated? Perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they uh, um, they use a local artist to design the outside of it every year. It's just a very cool thing. So it, it's it's definitely one of the little nuances that, you know, people always look forward to in addition to the music is, is you know, what's the mug going to look like this year? And then where am I going to go fill it? It's a is great merch item. You know, <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's both. It's something to take home with you, but it's also something that, you know, contributes to, to sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a moment here to pretend that the, the No Planet B Jamboree is going to become one of the largest Earth Day festivals on the East Coast. Um, and in over the time that we continue to maybe try to expand this, what are some things that maybe I could factor in as, you know, a, a kind of like a, a planner of a festival? Absolutely. So we we have great resources and it's all about, especially with a festival where you're building a lot of your own infrastructure and making those choices, right? Instead of coming to an arena that already exists, you can look at so many things. So mm -hmm. um, water stations are huge, as we've already talked about, and reusables, right. as well as talking to your vendors and your concessions about hopefully, you know, having vegetarian and vegan options available sure. as far as concessions, looking at the way concessions are serving items and making sure that the utensils and things that they're using are compostable. So that gets into talking with your waste management services about making sure there's commercial composting available and at the very least, you know, recycling. So looking at your waste streams, making sure things are sorted responsibly. Um, sure. Yeah. There's a great, uh, so many ways to bring in volunteers who we suggest something called trash talkers where people will <laughs> actually stand at receptacles and help yeah. point things in the right direction. Absolutely. Um, we have a new campaign coming up called the Music Decarbonization Project. I did see something about that. Yes. Yeah, so we just launched that um, a couple of weeks ago at South by Southwest at Willie Nelson's Luck Reunion, which is like a festival that Willie Nelson has at his ranch in Texas. Nice. And we partnered with an organization or a company called Overdrive to bring in actual solar panels and create a solar array and wow. powered the stages, yes, for the festival and a lot of the concessions through solar power. How about so instead that? Instead of using, exactly, instead of using generators that are burning, you know, diesel and fossil fuels. Yeah, really bad. Yeah, um, yeah. But again, so yeah, it's really all about looking at your infrastructure, especially for a festival, and tweaking each piece of it to find out ways to either divert waste um, or with our um, music decarbonization project, like stop the carbon from being emitted in the first place. Yeah. Wow. I mean, just it's such an impressive organization. And um, uh, one thing I always ask that, you know, if you're, if you're tuning in right now or, or catching one of the recordings, um, 
you know, we do these shows for free. You know, we like it's it's just something we love doing. But the only thing I ask is a moment in these times here is like if it's worth something to you, if there's a dollar amount you can associate to the what the the, the show might you know bring you as far as entertainment. Maybe if you don't mind, consider donating that today to Reverb. Is like you know the, uh, the the donate button is very clearly marked on their website. Um, if you don't mind, maybe taking a moment to uh, you know pull that up and, and make a donation to Reverb and or uh, and let's say keep it on the end. Let's also do uh, Music Declares Emergency. Let's support both these organizations because they're doing very important work. Anything to promote? Anything to kind of uh, tout what's coming up for the summer? Obviously, festival season's upon us. So, yes. um, what uh, what can we look for in in twenty twenty three here? Yeah, so you've caught me at a great time. Reverb is coming out of our you know spring and winter projects and into a big summer launch. So you're about to see volunteer applications go live for many of our big summer tours. Um, we've got Dave Matthews Band and Dead and Company. Uh, live right now, as well as the California Roots Festival. And we're looking at just a packed summer season. So I always say to follow our social media. We post all of our opportunities there. Um, And if a tour that you're interested in is coming to town, you know, we'd love to have you apply. That'd be amazing. And uh, support us. Yeah, we're going to be busier than ever. (laughs) Well, excellent. Uh, Paige Roth, Manager of Community and Volunteer Programs. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, and happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Month again. There we go. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, Paige. Wonderful convo there with Paige Roth. Yeah, it was great that she could spend some time with us. Absolutely. And by us, I mean you. (laughs) Well, some of these were, obviously, these organizations are uh, doing a lot of things with very few people. Yeah, and there may be time zones into play. Now, in this case, there's not, but we'll touch on that later. <laughs> later on, we have a massive time zone difference. Um, but uh, wanted to bring in another quick article here because um, it kind of ties in with some of the stuff we were talking about there. Um, this was a recent New York Times article about can flashy music festivals go green? So again, we'll share this out there, but it talks about some of the different ones that are really trying to make that stuff happen and what they're doing. Um uh, but Deep Tropics was one that basically the, the, the managers of the, of the festival um, almost demanded. Like, there was going to be no single-use plastic. Uh, there was no trash cans. Everything either had to be consumed or a pack recyclable. In, or pack-in, pack-out type Correct. festival like you do on the really best trails. Yeah, which this is them. Um, and then it did talk about uh, other festivals. I think uh, Burning Man is gone a 10-year um, like plan to get you know, carbon neutral and stuff. So the different festivals are trying to do their part to do it, and it's because of organizations like Reverb, and later on we're going to talk about Music Declares Emergency. I think that's fantastic. They have a responsibility when they bring in a large number of people with a large amount of equipment to be in one space like that, that it has an impact, and how to deal with that. Yes. Um, So uh, let me uh, stop sharing that because people can go check that out some other time. But... Um, the, I was thrown off because the next music started playing ahead of time. <laughs> it's a preview, if you will. Correct, yeah. Get ready for it. Because um, here comes Blair Crimmins. Wait, has he been on the show before, Phil? Yes, he has. <laughs> um, yes, actually, and, and um, was actually, uh, we've talked about this before, but interview number one for me. Not on, so uh, right. your next favorite band uh, pre, was preceded by about eight months that I was a co-host on George Wacker's uh, Lehigh Valley with Love. 
podcast, and our very first music guest ever was Blair Crimmins. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And then you talk to him again at Music Fest yep. with his with entire, the whole, all the hookers, with, right? And then you also have a personal story of his involvement. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, he did play at our wedding. Um, which, if anybody uh, needs a, a wedding band, there's nothing better than having uh, hookers at your wedding. I have to talk to my wife about that one. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, very special music he's going to be sharing with us today. It's actually. Um, made for children to make sure they get the messaging, but obviously when Blair Crimmins is writing music, it's made for everybody. Um, quality. And uh, he has a, a alter ego, if you will, uh, called Captain Crimmins and the Storyboat Band. So here's the intro music to his show, and we're going to bring Blair on live. We got Rick with us, don't we? Rickles is here. Yeah, Banjo can't make it today, but Rick is going to hang out with us. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Blair. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, we are so excited to share uh, the music you got. Uh, not yet released, so also we're kind of getting a you heard it here first moment. We definitely are. Yeah, it comes out this uh, this, this Earth Day. That's uh, Saturday. This coming Saturday, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, maybe give us a little uh, back. Actually, first let's... In case there's somebody who hasn't heard of Blair Crimmins and the Hookers, why don't you give us a little quick little rundown of yourself? Uh, Blair Crimmins and the Hookers is a seven-piece, ragtime-inspired, sort of uh, Dixieland, New Orleans-style jazz band that plays a little louder than anything you would typically call traditional, um, almost <laughs> with, a, with a kind of a rock and roll uh, delivery. Sure. Of, uh, of a classic jazz style. Uh, we got the three-piece horn section with the trombone, trumpet, and uh, sax, clarinet, um, upright bass, some stride piano in there, and I play, I switch between um, guitar and four-string tenor banjo, which is like the traditional banjo instrument of the early the 20s and 30s. Yeah, um, and weighs like old drum set. 100 yeah. pounds. And weighs 100 pounds and is 100 <laughs> years old. But uh, uh and uh, we've been doing that. We've been doing that for twelve years or so, and um, and toured around, uh, toured toured the country. Have been overseas and put out three albums of original music, uh, a cover album, a couple EPs, and a live album. And um, at some point, the the uh, creative energy shifted to doing some music that was specifically for kids and we mm-hmm. put out the first Captain Crimmins and the Storyboat Band album which was called All Aboard and that came out I think 2019 um, I, th- I believe yeah I think or, that's right yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, you know Captain we put out some uh, some episodes we, we, we did some uh, as you showed in the, the clip there we right. have a, we uh, 
we put together a kids show like it's a pretty short little three minute uh, webisodes that we did and we're um, trying to keep keep going with that and maybe get some um, some help and uh, support for developing that into a into a real program. Yeah, and, yeah, and so your YouTube channel has like two or three episodes. Three episodes um, up there, yeah. yeah. And, and that was super fun. That's where some of those the, the clips came from there. And um, it, it, it's fun. I mean, kids' stuff is, uh, you know, important to kind of introduce them some important topics like this. And, you know, the, the first one around kind of got into some important stuff. And then you got approached by um, Soul Shine Schools, right, to come up with this second one, uh, very much around environmentalism. That's right. right. The, the first album... I, the first album I talked about, so moral issues, um, but, uh, but it was fly traps on there and what it's like to be different when you're the only plant that eats meat, um, things like, things like that fun stuff. And then when Soulshine came, um, and kind of, kind of revived the Captain Crimmins project after a couple years of sleeping sure. through, uh, COVID, they, um, this, this school, this after school program and daycare is um, is centered on what they call permaculture, which is um, an ideology um, or a, a way of life to be more sustainable, um, to yeah. be to, okay. to not just be a, com- a, a consumer and to live a, a, a more sustainable life within your surroundings, gardening, um, composting. Sure. You know, no single use plastics, a lot, a lot of the stuff that you guys have been talking about today. So they wanted they wanted to have some music that was, I guess, proprietary to, to their curriculum. And, um, I have a friend that, that is the president of the school. And she, of course, uh, she said that I, I was the, the first one that came to mind. And, um, and so I started writing these songs. Yeah. So I started writing these songs that are very conservation focused, environmentally focused. Um, there's a song for each season and then, um, a bunch of other songs about um, sustainability, and yep. uh, and then a, a a wild card in there about learning Spanish because the the school does teach kids some some words in Spanish. Yeah. Well, we're so, going to need that one because later on El Hiri's coming on, so I'm going to need to listen to that one during the break. Uh, yeah, <laughs> study up. But, yeah, but for now, let's get to one of those uh, you know uh, seasonal ones. Um, and since it's springtime here, and it's the first track off of the new album. Um, tell us a little bit while uh, while I bring it up here about springtime. Yeah, the uh, the first the first song, the first in my mind, the first season of the of the year. In uh, springtime, just is the way for this album to kick off and and um, and wake everybody up for what's about to come. Awesome. So here is springtime by Captain Kimmins and the Storyboat Band. Melting in the flowers appeared. The bees are all a buzzing and beginning to work. The birds are all a fussing and beginning to chirp. It's a symphony, a singing, it's a natural delight. When the spring is starts springing 
gives us more of its rays And gradually it even starts to lengthen the days Everything will start blooming in the old flower beds And the bears in hibernation wake the big sleepy heads What happens next? It starts to warm up the ground When the trees start turning green When therefore they were brown When you watch it all, it's changing It's a beautiful show Could be quite surprising When it happens next You're gonna know it's starting It's starting Melting and the flowers appear. All the bees have started buzzing, beginning to work. And the birds are all a fussing and beginning to chirp. There's a symphony a singing, as a natural delight. When the spring starts springing to life, what can I do? Give Mother Nature a hand. It's the perfect time to plant some brand new seeds in the land. You may even start to notice there's new food in the stores. Cause the farms grow fruits and veggies that they couldn't before. How can I help? Leave all those insects alone Instead of squishing them or swatting them Just find them a home Build a habitat and just like that you help them along To pollinate and procreate So next year we can sing the song It's starting, it's starting, it's happening again Winter time is over and the spring will begin It seems like forever, it was only a year Since the snow has started melting and the flowers appeared The bees all started buzzing and beginning their work The birds are all fussing and beginning to chirp There's a There's Springtime by Captain Crimmins. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. So what was funny was uh, exciting. you were uh, singing along, and uh, that was coming through, which I love. That yeah. the mic was on. <laughs> <laughs> which just shows how, how... No, 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 it's wonderful. Um, and uh, the other song we wanted to... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was, it was a good echo. Um, the, uh, the other song I wanted to feature here was um, Belly of a Whale, because I think that's very specific and important for today's, uh, you know, uh, kind of messaging, uh, where it's a lot about sustainability. Yeah. So anything else behind this one or... Um... Uh, this one was actually, the, this one was the first one I wrote, and I started writing it before Soulshine um got a hold of me before they called me and it was i wasn't really i, I stopped writing and i kind of quit in the middle of it because i wasn't really sure where i was going to be going with this story about being in the belly of a whale um it, my wife kind of gave me the assignment she said that when she was a little girl she wrote the story about being in the belly of a whale and that i should write a song about that and i and i went to it and then i just kind of shelved it for a little bit and when soul shine brought me the the assignment for writing songs about conservation, I was like, okay, well, I'm in the belly of a whale and I'm going to use everything right. that's in there um, and create my little ecosystem of my own in the belly awesome. of a whale. Well, here it is. Let's take a listen. Mm-hmm. I'm living in the belly of a whale. I'm not sure how I got here. straight down if you get to the tail then you miss me turn around and i'm right here in the belly of a whale and i don't think i'm gonna leave well it took a little time but i made it all mine and now i'm feeling right here at home i built a clamshell kitchen i could cook up all my fishing and a seaweed bed where i could lay my head i got a big sofa stuff full of pelican blood so if you ever want to stop on by Smell a bit 
funny and a big whale's tummy But soon you're gonna understand why I'm living in the belly of a whale Not sure how I got here How long it's been I really can't tell But I got all I need right here Swim up over the jaws and take the throat straight down When you get to the tail within you miss me Turn around I'm right here in the belly of a whale Belly of the Whale, Captain Crimmins and the Storyboat Band. You're getting a standing ovation right now. We have some live, we have some live audience Absolutely. here in front of us. <laughs> and Thank they, you so they much. seem to be loving it. Um, yeah, that song crushes. Uh, I really hope you play it at Music Fest because there's no reason why that's just kids' music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. We, um, we kind of thought that ourselves too. We're really throwing everything at that. I think we were supposed to dumb something down, but. Uh, <laughs> Nope. <laughs> we just went for it. No, no, not at all. Yeah, that and Summertime, I think, is also something people would listen to. And there's other tracks, too, about um, being in the bayou and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's, yeah. if you have if you have kids, it is great for them. And if you just want to love Blair Crimmins uh, as an adult, even listening to his children's music, uh, have no shame. Because we're both over here yeah. rocking out to it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Absolutely. So um, we will include links to, um, to the Soul Shine School so that people can learn a little bit more about them. Um, mm -hmm. And then after your music comes out, then we can kind of promote uh, where people can co-access it. That sounds great. Appreciate awesome. it. Thanks so Blair, much, guys. As always, a pleasure to have you on the show. Blair, Thank you so much. With you. Absolutely. Take care, Blair. See you. Excellent. Always. Captain Crimmins. He's always excellent. Yes. He He's one of the best. Um, so yeah, I love that he uh, is producing music that is uh, accessible to kids. Let's say it that way, because um, it isn't kids' music. Well, he used the phrase "dumbed down," but that's not what's happening. Not at all. That's not what's happening. Not at it's all. It's just the, the topics that he's covering yep. are 
focused on that, but there's nothing about the music or the lyrical content that is anything less. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so can't wait for that music to come out, for everybody to listen to it. We'll continue to you know, tag it, link to it, promote it, and so on. Pivoting here to Music Declares Emergency, our other global organization. So we talk local, now we're going to talk global. Um, they are actually a UK-based organization. And here's the 16-hour time difference between me and the person we interviewed uh, who was based in New Zealand, uh, who, which also came up earlier. Um, I think this company is, this, you know, this organization is fantastic. Same kind of thing. Um, doing a lot with very few people. Um, and so that was why Ellie, who is part of their working group, um, uh, and basically on, you'll hear her talk about, she's on sabbatical off, off in, in New Zealand, but still agreed to come on because she's so passionate about it. Um, I, this is a shirt from Music Declares Emergency. They have a hashtag, no music on a dead planet. A um, lot of cool designs in there, very sustainably sourced shirts and packaging for the shipping and so on. Um, you have a cool shirt on today too, Schoolhouse Rock. We should have mentioned that when Blair was on. That's true. Because it would have gone better with the Captain Crimin side <laughs> of things. But you know, Well, it just goes good with the day. Oh, it's spot on. <laughs> Um, so, uh, here is our interview with Ellie Wyatt and Music Declares Emergency. have the video of Music Declares Emergency, a global organization dedicated to declaring the uh, the emergency that we're in. And uh, we are honored today to have uh, a representative from their working group, uh, Ellie Wyatt. Uh, welcome to the show, Ellie. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> and all the way from New Zealand, right? Yeah, I'm, at, I'm British and I normally live in England, but we're having a sabbatical 18 months in New Zealand at the moment. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I think, uh, you know, uh, your resume is extensive and would love to get to that in a second. But but uh, maybe uh, if you don't mind, share a little bit of like some of the different things that, that it gets involved in. Now, again, this is much more of a European based or like focus, but uh, obviously being a global issue, we, it's something we wanted to raise awareness on. Yeah. So, um, well, Music Declares Emergency kind of formed around... 2018-2019 off the back of the Extinction Rebellion protests in Britain and we realised that um, we needed to take action within our own industry as well mm -hmm. as um, as activists and so Music Declares has become like focused on how to bring action and awareness into the music industry and since then over the last three four years we've done some really incredible projects. We've had thousands and thousands of artists, bands, managers, venues, orchestras, 
um, you name it, signing sure. up for our declaration, which is declaring that we need government action on the climate and ecological emergency. Absolutely. And while while can, you're chatting, I'm actually going to bring up the site here because it'll kind of correlate with what exa- what you're chatting about. Yeah. And we really believe it's two. It's kind of two things. One is that the everybody needs to take action within their workplace and their profession and bring their profession on board with what needs to be happening. All industries and all professions need to be thinking about this in everything they do. But also as musicians and representing the music industry, we really believe that we have like a massive cultural um, impact and music and musicians have the power to really kind of reach people's hearts in a different way that maybe science and statistics might not and that we can we can connect audiences and we connect music fans and we can really kind of like energize that need for change amongst a huge audience of music lovers around the world sure now we're this year we're, we're focusing on several different things one is um a fan club for climate so it's like activating music fans at festivals sure we've worked with um reverb and last year it we had stalls at all of the billy eilish shows in london so that we could talk to the fans directly um and then that led on to doing the same at festivals throughout the summer where we have a music declares um information stall um people get these no music on a dead planet um removable tattoos it just gets the conversation going it starts people thinking about it and it's really about what fans can do and giving them straightforward simple actions that everybody can take to um play a part and make some difference like for example changing your bank account and not banking with a a bank that funds fossil fuels yeah Um, i think that's like a lot of people just don't have the information i mean like awareness is such a huge thing and that's why we we wanted to kind of uh, dedicate an episode to all of this and bring on people from organizations like this, because sometimes that's all you you need is that I want to do the right thing. I just don't know how or where or what to do. So like stuff like that is great and super yeah, helpful. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. there are some really powerful actions that individuals can do. And the fan club for climate is all about that. Just kind of yep. educating and raising awareness of things um, that, and, pre- and, p- and places where people need to put their focus and their pressure, like banking is a, a huge example. Sure. Eating plant-based is another huge example. Yep. Um, so when in the area of take action, you can see there are the artists, the industry, and then music lovers. So for those of you who are tuning in just as fans of, of the show, um, you click on here and it gives you, again, like we talked about before, these are some of the ideas that you can take as a music lover to try and encourage not only the music industry in your area, but also the community and what you can do personally, uh, that whole kind of like think globally and equally kind of thing. So these are some things that are just ideas and, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, steps to take to be part of the change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we're also working with artists to educate and empower them to actually use their platforms to speak out because it can be very intimidating. And here on the screen right now are the 3,431 artists that have made the declaration yeah there's all kinds of people on there from like Billie Eilish to the Sex Pistols to the London Symphony Orchestra I mm-hmm. mean it's a very very diverse range of musicians yep and you mentioned the the tattoos about you know no music on a dead planet is kind of the the, the rallying cry it's a very big hashtag okay. that you guys use um, we're both wearing uh, the, the the t-shirts there's a very cool uh, shop that's in here I'm gonna pull this up right now um, 
that uh, you can kind of link to it right here. We'll link to all of this in the notes and stuff and do some posts about it. But uh, right there, wear a t-shirt is, is there's so many cool designers that have put out their different versions of this same thing. Um, yeah, we've had all kinds of bands. Um, bands, yep. Like doing their own design, like the uh, the 1975 did a design, the Wombats have done a design. Right. Uh, and the, the slogan, no music on a dead planet, is really kind of, it's kind of out there now and it's, sure. it's an opportunity for any artist to wear this t-shirt or have the logo on stage with them. Sure. And and like obviously the, the purchasing of merch certainly helps the organization donations that much more. Um, but when you purchase the shirt back to like kind of walking the walk like you talked about before, um, the packaging that shows up is all sustainable. You get an email that talks about how the shirts were made and printed and then the packaging that goes into it and stuff. So there's a very, very cool... Um, narrative that goes around all of that and and you're very transparent about it all so can kind of kind of encourage if if you all can do it then other people can try as well yeah i mean that we had we had to do a lot of research to make sure that you know if you're going to put more product out into the world obviously mm-hmm. that's not you know we're trying to reduce consumerism ultimately <laughs> right but, um, these are sustainable ethically produced t-shirts that hopefully last a really long time they can be recycled at the end of their life so and um, the company that we work with for the t-shirts is like all over that stuff. So yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, it's important to get, you know, the promotion of it out there. Like, you know, you kind of have to take a couple of those steps to make sure that everything yeah, else gets taken absolutely. care of. And, yeah. You know, when an artist wears one of these on stage, then a lot of people are seeing the message. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's switch it over now um, to quickly talk about yourself. Like, so you're on the working group. Mm-hmm. We all work in our particular areas. Um I worked in getting a classical network set up um, with classical musicians, and I was very involved in the quiet, the choral project that we did that I mentioned earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And because I myself am a composer, so I was kind of looking at how to reach other parts of the music industry. Sure. Um, and everybody in the working group has their kind of like their niche area where where their actual job is focused. Right. Yeah. And I mean, so let's quickly pull up your site here, Ellie Wyatt Music. Um, and uh, there's like, again, just incredible BAFTA winning and children's songwriter, composer, string arranger, pop songwriter, uh, violinist. Like, And then if you just keep reading, there's just such a wonderful, uh, highly impressive resume of the songs you've written, the shows they've been a part of, who you've written them for. Um, and the awards that you've been up to. So congrats to you on an amazing career. And um, my hope is that, you know, today's a shorter interview, but hopefully we can uh, have you back for an episode to talk about uh, the Ellie Wyatt story. Oh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that all of us, you know, we we all have in our working group, we all have such varied and interesting angles on the music industry. We've all come you know, lots of us have performed. I mean, in bands, we've you know, some sure. people are managers, some people work at labels, um, and it's just really great to to see how like the common passion that we have for for what we're doing can like mm-hmm. actually create really amazing networks. And I think that that's a message for anybody that's a music fan, but not in the music industry. You can take that into your industry and your career and your job. Um, and so again, if we, if we save the other parts of the story for, for that future episode um, for today, I would love to talk a little bit about uh, the long forgotten road, uh, which is a song you wrote that music declares emergency uses as a youth climate anthem. Yeah. That song came about like 2019 when all the youth strikes started happening around the world. 
And I was doing a lot of songwriting and we were in a session and we just wanted to write about it. And, And then from there, we, you know, on an absolute zero budget, managed to pull a video together, connecting Fridays <laughs> for Future, um, connecting with uh, climate activists, youth climate activists around the world. Sure. And then also connecting with um, Extinction Rebellion and um, the Stop Ecoside campaign, which is a massively important campaign that um, I don't know if people have heard of it, but it's about um, getting Ecoside recognized as a crime in the international court of law yeah we've we've worked with several different groups and we managed to bring a video together and yeah 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 and we have it queued up here but uh, we'll close with that so um before we we get to that uh just want to kind of recap here promote um, first and foremost, uh, like something that I always ask for is like, obviously, this show is free, <laughs> whether you're in person here in the courtyard with us, or you're tuning in on the live stream. The only thing I ever ask is, if it's, if it's valuable to you, if you're enjoying it, pick a number in your head of what it's worth to you, and then make a donation to one of these organizations, whether it's uh, Music Declares Emergency, or uh, Reverb.org, um, both doing great things, or both, let's do both. Um, or again, maybe you want some swag with it. So go buy a t-shirt, um, uh, and, uh, go to the site, sign up for the declaration, take some of that action, uh, check out Ellie's music (laughs) 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 and, uh, um, just kind of that overall spirit of, you know, if this was worth something to you, hopefully you, you give back to these organizations because they're doing some very important work. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Ellie, thank you for uh, somehow navigating a 16-hour time change with me <laughs> and <laughs> and coming on the show and uh, sharing the story of Music Declares Emergency, a little bit about yours, and can't wait to dig in deeper on that uh, down the road. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much. And yeah, everybody can take action. So hopefully this inspires some people to look, look at our website and get involved. Absolutely. So here is the Long Forgotten Road, the Youth Climate Anthem of Music Declares Emergency. Thank you. Welcome to the world, every boy, every girl. This is your life, your big adventure, and your ticket is free. They send you to school, they're gonna teach you the rules. You'll find out things are not quite what they seem. Take it from me.
There we have Ellie Wyatt written Long Forgotten Road, which uh, Music Declares Emergency has adopted as their youth climate anthem. That was a great interview. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you could make it work time-wise. <laughs> That's my, uh, my post-production editing right there. It sounded like something exploded, yep. and that's amazing. Right, yeah. Both organizations are going to be on on a future interview. So, like, basically what we learned while we were doing this was those people are doing such amazing things, both Reverb.org and uh, Music Declares Emergency, that we spent those 15 minutes talking to them, and they were like, I didn't get to this, 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 this. Right. And so, like, we're going to bring them both back for future interviews where we're going to be able to dedicate, you know, the full 45 minutes to an hour to and, dive a lot more deeper into things with them. And that's great because we've had other uh, people on that have talked about organizations that do music-related yep. support. Uh, it's, in this case, it's environmental, but we've had sure. one about accessibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is part of what we love to do, mm -hmm. is bring on these organizations that help support the musicians we love. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that having these music-adjacent conversations only complements when we do have the musicians on. So um, I love doing that. I love coordinating these things. So uh, one quick more, uh, I think this is our last URL uh, share. But I think this is a very cool one, because one of the things we've been kind of touching on here is how corporations are, need to do their part. I thought this was a very interesting thing that American Express started doing. If you happen to have an American Express, you can tell it, you can enroll it, and that's what we have on the screen right now, that of the, the purchases you're making, it will start to calculate the emissions of those purchases, the organizations you're buying from, the product that it was, um, and how to get actionable about reducing them. So I just thought it was a very cool way that if you happen to use American Express, obviously a lot of businesses use American Express for their purchases, this would be a way to start to track that stuff and get to see, holy smokes, like that's a lot, and then be able to make different decisions based on those purchases. It's actually very clever. Yeah. It uh, feels like the kind of thing you should see on your statement all the time. All the time. And maybe that's going to be part of this change that they're starting. But I think one of the things that keeps happening uh, as you talk to people they feel a little bit less powerful because they're only one person or a family, but everyone needs to be a part of this. And so this is a yet another way you can see right there on the screen. It says you can make a difference and we can help. Like that's some of the part of it is some people just don't know where and what to do to be better in this area. And so this is one of those ways is you'd be able to get a little bit of a help. That's an looking awareness. At and then, yeah, awareness is huge. And then you vote with your dollars. Like that is one of the most powerful things, especially in a capitalistic environment. 
um, is where you make your purchases is going to start to generate some some change in action. Um, eBay also started to send around some things because, again, this is Earth Month. They were talking about when and where, how to make purchases that would be reducing uh, carbon emissions there as well. And um, making this purchase on eBay over there uh, somewhere else would kind of facilitate that. So big corporations, Amex, eBay, maybe others, you know, uh, are trying to do their part to empower us with knowledge and awareness, like you said. Um, and I just thought that was cool and wanted to share it. It's a great idea. Yeah. Um, let's now bring on another world-renowned artivist. It's my favorite part about El Huri. It's an amazing title. It is an amazing title. So let's bring on El Huri. Hello. Hello, hello. Is uh, Vertical okay? Yep, we're good. You're good. Happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Month. Happy Earth Month, absolutely. Yes. And uh, thank you. We are honored, as always, to have you part of things and, and to have uh, the feature your your music and obviously also your 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 uh, your, your shining person uh, here on our show. We're thrilled. I'm thrilled to be part of like everything you're doing. You know, shining the light is what it's all about. You know, sure. with music and with journalism and um, shining the light on important things. You know. Yeah. And, that's what you guys do, and I'm I'm happy to be part of it. Thanks. Gracias. And um, yeah. um you recently wrapped up uh, a world tour, right? You were in Europe a little bit, in South America, right? We did. Um, we did Mexico the end of last. Well, we played U.S. and Mexico dates the end of last year, and then this year we we played in Kansas City, and then we just got back from the Netherlands. Um, in Europe, well, Kansas so. City and the Netherlands are like the same. <laughs> well, yeah. they're both they're both actually important, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, no, um, for sure. Um, but uh, if you don't mind, again, for anybody who maybe doesn't know El Hiri music, would you mind giving a little bit of a bio, quick, for yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm um, a singer, songwriter, guitarist, and activist, and my lyrics are all socially conscious. My music is a fusion of Latin and world beat rhythms with rock and funk and punk, which is pretty organic. My sound is pretty organic and I sing mostly in Spanish, but with some English and um, most socially conscious lyrics. But um, pretty much they're global issues. So I don't. I, yeah. Even though I'm singing English, Spanish, I'm not singing in Dutch or <laughs> you know French or whatever. The best I'm sure you would if you could. Say. I mean, but uh, <laughs> you got to focus and put your energy in the right places. Uh, a Latin from Manhattan, right? I'm a Latin from Manhattan. That's right. That's right, Bill. You know me. You know me very well. <laughs> and. Uh, and you have this phrase, artivist, which I think is wonderful. And um, yeah. it, it combines that, that you're an artist who's also an activist. Um, and one in particular, before we get to the... I wanted to take one moment because it's another, um, you know, challenge we have as a community and a, and a world is the gun violence issue. Um, so you have that song, Bang Bang, which every time there's a shooting and so on, that uh, it just makes me think about it because towards the end of the song, you list off all the cities. And that list just keeps getting longer and longer and now duplicative. So I just wanted to maybe touch on a moment, give you a moment to touch on that song. Exactly. Like the gun violence issue, um, it's, there are guns in too many people's hands, and it really is a, a tragic issue in the U.S. Yep. But like I said, it's global. So at the end of the song, I do, I do sing kind of rap sing yep. the, the various cities, but the cities are around the world. Um, unfortunately, I think in the U.S., we're, we're the most troubled right now, and anything we can do to be instruments of change, you know, to, again, shine the light. Um, as, as a singer, I feel um, responsible to do that and, and want to do that. Certainly. And when I, when, I go, when I play shows and I talk to people after the shows, they're almost always... <laughs> consistently in agreement 
Mm-hmm. And so it's it's uh, it's what the people want. So we need change. We need change and fast. Yeah, absolutely. And same thing here. Let's uh, pivoting back to environmentalism. Um, you have a wonderful song on this latest release Thank you. Have, um, called "Salva La Tierra," and um, wanted to have you touch on that a little bit, and then we're going to play it. Um, and speaking to the point about how you feel the audience and what they're going through, um, we actually took. You have on your YouTube channel both a live version of it from Music Fest here in Bethlehem, yes, as well as the recorded version um, that has a wonderful like stop motion video. So we actually took your intro from the one and put it in front of the other so that we can give <laughs> people a little flavor of both. But tell us about this song because one thing I find interesting about it is this is not the topic of climate change and what it's doing to communities and homes and such uh, and people, you know, uh, their their livelihoods and, and their possessions. It's not a happy topic, but the song you wrote has a uh, positive tone to it. And so I yeah. wanted you to maybe speak to that a little bit. Well, I, I think um, the positive energy of music can inspire us to sure. rise up. And I think that's what um, my, my intent is to try to inspire people to speak out and to, 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 to be instruments of change themselves, not just me. It's, it's kind of a, I'm calling out in the yep. song, see me with a megaphone, and hear it in the song. Um, it's about it's about showing that we can each make a difference, and also to put the the burden on corporations. I saw yep. that you were talking about Amex, for example, yeah. and government, the government, and mm-hmm. any any large body that can really influence change. We want them to represent us and and work towards that change. When we recorded the song, I have a great story. We recorded up in in Rhinebeck. We were living up in in the studio called the Clubhouse, and yep. we recorded it and. Um, my manager, Alex, and, and the, the studio owner, Paul, they both were brainstorming and they said, we should really try to get a choir to sing at the end of the, of the out chorus, a group of people. And, I, and there's, there were college students nearby at Bard University, so we invited them over to the recording session and they sing the out chorus. And why that's so important is they all thought it was absolutely important, critical. It's, again, not generational. It's, it, in fact, we want to leave a better earth for them. They want to leave a better earth for the next generation. So it's really important that we share the, that we share this truth together. Sure. And so I, I was thrilled that they joined on the out chorus. Oh, it sounds amazing. It was amazing. like 30, 30 college kids That's screaming, and sp- screaming, singing in Spanish. And most of them didn't didn't speak Spanish, but that <laughs> that made it even better. No, absolutely, that is <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's give people a, a, a flavor of uh, of your music here. Um, with Salva La Tierra. Gracias. Gracias. We have another brand new one. The single just came out a couple of weeks ago, and it's about how urgent it is to control the climate, you know, and how we need to save the earth. I know you guys all believe in that. I can feel it. This is Salva La Tierra. Para que adopte 
So there is Salva La Tierra, El Hiri Music. Thank you so much for having us, uh, uh, allowing us to play that. What I appreciate you playing it. It's, yeah. It means the world to me. What a wonderful track that is. Um, Thank you. Anything, uh, anything we can help you promote here towards the end? Well, um, obviously, I want everybody to, to remember how urgent it is to save the Earth. So let's celebrate Earth Month together and raise our voices. And as far as staying in touch with me, my uh, my social media platform is El Hudi, E-L-J-U-R-I, music, yep. M-U-S-I-C. So stay in touch and, and hopefully I'll be touring near near um, in near your town or or anywhere that your listeners are list are, are Yeah. Um, yeah, and anyone who's so tuning I'm going in. To, we're gonna be supporting the record all, all summer. So perfect. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Well, I hope I personally get to see you and, and get to uh, kinda catch up uh, and, and have a beverage together. Yes, and a big hug. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> well, 
Well, thank you so much, Elhiri. Gracias. Um, wanted to bring up something real quick here because I thought this was interesting. Um, there is, uh, a, kind of speaking to do not destroy, there was a recent decision about, gosh, it's probably like 10 days ago only. Um, we are going to share our screen just real quick and show you this article here. Um, basically, the island country of Vanuatu uh, went to the UN because basically the way that climate change is impacting an island nation is just significantly more impactful than elsewhere. And they kind of are alleging, hey, it's not our fault. We're not producing the carbon emissions that the other countries are. Correct. So they're looking for, you know, basically, uh, you know, the ability to create a, a, a fairness and a, 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 a like a, not a, I guess a mandate even to the countries to do something about it. Otherwise, they're going to get wiped out. Yeah, they have to, like, relocate a whole country. Right. Um, and just the sovereignty of that and so on that, sure. that the UN can weigh in on that. So they voted and uh, it passed. Um, so there is this basic, uh, you know, expectation from the countries who wouldn't be impacted as much to not produce the carbon that to impact the ones that would be. Um, and uh, so it's just a neat thing. We'll, we'll post these articles that we're going to share here. But basically, it's about climate justice and everyone working together. Because again, the the, the countries that would be the most impacted is, is it's, it's beholden to the ones. And sadly, the two largest producers of carbon, uh, China and the United States, both voted against this. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that speaks to, again, our ability to be aware of these issues, uh, advocate for them, know who your candidates are, to know they would be supportive of that, um, because this is obviously a global issue. Yeah, absolutely. This stuff doesn't just stay contained in your own backyard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, David? Philip. I think part one of this day is in the books. I call that a success. I think so. Uh, nothing seemed to break. Not yet. The cops didn't show up? Not yet. No one went to the hospital? Not yet. Okay. Um, and uh, we just want to take one more time here to thank our sponsors. Um, Tavern at the Sun Inn. Again, here we are in their beautiful courtyard. Uh, I didn't mention this before, but able to be rented. So if anybody else is... Yep. In the uh, the need of a spring, summer, fall, cool venue to host your party or what have you, this is available. Um, Godfrey Daniels, go become a member. Sponsor them. It's a nonprofit, so what they're trying to do to bring music is is not always uh, the most profitable. But they're doing the right thing by the bands that they want to bring in there, and uh, they're also open to connecting to some of the ones that we bring on the show, so it should be a cool thing going forward. Um, and then the Energy Co-op. At a minimum, search to find uh, renewable energy providers. And if you're in that uh, eastern half of the PA, definitely give Energy Co-op a look. Uh, that's who I use, and I highly recommend them. And again, like I said before, the more people who get involved, the, the more affordable it all gets and the more uh, actionable it gets, too. All of that is great. <laughs> so again, thank you to all the sponsors. Uh, wrap things up here. Um, just wanted to give uh, one moment here to... Uh, say thank you to everyone that was involved uh, uh, in this show. Thank you all for tuning in here uh, on the live stream. Thank you all for joining us live, um, something we hope to do a little bit more of. And um, let's just rip through all of this here. So thank you to Cicada Rhythm, uh, as well as uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting. They were generous. Yeah, right there. Um, thank you to Paige Roth and Reverb.org, Tioga. Blair Captain Crimmins, 
Captain? Captain. Uh, thank you to the Darling Sons, to Ellie Wyatt and Music Declares Emergency, Lorena McKennett, El Hiri, um, Dylan Zangwill, Sean Kelly of the Samples, and Pepperwine. Thank you to Paco Caleri behind this wall back here for making everything sound amazing today from Steel City Vintage. And uh, we have one last song here to close things out. This is a very special version of What a Wonderful World. Um, it was during a, a, a campaign that Music Declares Emergency did called Sing the Change. Um, and it is multiple different choirs that sang this song. And it is a beautiful way for us to kind of close things out. David, anything to share with the, the audience here in the close? I'm so happy we got to do this today, and it didn't rain on us. That's right. Yes, and thank you to Mother Earth for, for complying with our ability to host this event. Anyway, thank you to everyone. Super appreciate it. Um, I feel, I feel uh, happy and warm inside. Not too warm, though. Yes. Just enough that the climate was, like, totally cool. That's right. Anyway, so here is What a Wonderful World, Sing the Change, from Music Declares Emergency.